man. What a joy it is to know we serve a resurrected God. Amen. King of kings and Lord of lords, able to do exceed and abundantly for you today. Amen. Let's just pray as we go to the Lord. Father, we're your children today. We have gathered in your name, the name of Jesus. That name of Jesus is greater than all names, and we lift it high this morning to say, Lord, we're glad to be identified with that, and we have taken on the family name, the name of the Lord Jesus. We're asking your blessings, Lord, today upon our service, upon this time. You just minister to hearts and lives that you'd anoint us by your Spirit. Lord, may your Holy Spirit just sweep in here, Lord, today as we, we do what we know to do. That's to read your word, Lord, and to pray and to come in your presence and ask them that you would speak. I pray that you'd speak as an oracle of God and you'd reveal yourself to your people today. May that every person, Lord, be in tune with the Holy Spirit and be creating an atmosphere around themselves, Lord, that would, would cause the angel of God to come near and to visit them in their pew and to minister to them. Lord, we give this service to you today. We ask, Lord, that you bless your people around the world, those that are streaming, listening. Lord, oh God, in we ask that you would bless them too, Lord. Father, I pray, God, for the Shaw and Williams family who have been separated from their loved one by death. Lord, we pray, God, that you would give comfort and strength to them and encouragement, give them peace in their hearts, a satisfaction knowing that we know where our brother Earl is. Father, that you're, you have him in your hands today. He's been welcomed home to your, your place in the presence of the saints of God. And uh, among the witnesses and the host of others that are waiting on the other side, waiting for us this morning, waiting us to come to that place that's been ordained for sons to be in this hour. Thank you, Father, that we're part of your coming. Thank you, Lord, that you're coming for us. And that we're making ourselves ready, as the scripture said, the Lamb's wife has made herself ready. I pray, Lord, you'll prepare us today in your presence. As we read your word, make it real to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Have the, have the, the privilege of being together with the saints of God. Amen. Good to see each one of you that is assembled with us and is looking over. Don't really see any um, guests so much among us, but I hope everybody just feels really at home. Amen. I want us to sing that. It's, a, it's an old camp meeting song. I've got peace like a river. I've got peace like a river. I've got peace like a river in my soul. Amen. Many years ago, brother, if you remember, brother Brandon was there in Washington. DC and we got the film of it, The Deep College of the Deep. You've never seen that is is very, very awesome. But um, the service before um, Brother Jack Coe ministered also in the same place. And um, 
you know, he, he led them in this song. And, and uh, after he led them in the song, he said, you know, you, you sing pretty good for an infirm ward. So let's try that again and sing like a real Pentecostal. And so he led them in there again and to worship. And as the cameras uh, went over the congregation, I, I clipped out a little picture of Brother Branham with his hands raised in the congregation worshiping the Lord. Amen. So we're, we're here today. We want to worship God with all our hearts. We should have that peace like a river in our soul. We ought to be able to sing that like real Pentecostals. Amen. People that really believe the word of promise for this age. Amen. Let's worship it together. Well, I've got peace like a river. i got peace like a river. i got peace like a river in my soul. I've got peace like a river. i got peace like a river. today and I just want you just to enter in with everything you have and you don't let anything distract you don't let anything uh, hinder you don't let um, some little spirit come along and pull you or your attention away 
You create an atmosphere. Remember, you got a job to do too. You got an atmosphere to create around you and around your seat and everywhere you are. So let the Holy Spirit speak to you today. Amen. God bless you. I'd like to read this morning from Daniel chapter 12. We read this last Sunday, but I feel like reading it again this morning. We also read uh, this little Daniel 12 and 1. And um, I also read last week from Daniel 11 that said, and they that, that do know, the people that do know their God should be strong and do exploits. And then we're looking over here, Daniel 12, verse 1. And at that time shall Michael stand up, the great prince which standeth for the children of thy people. And there shall be a time of trouble such as never was since there was a nation, even to that same time. And at that time, thy people shall be delivered, every one that shall be found written in the book. And many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, and some to everlasting life, and some to shame and everlasting contempt. And they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament, and they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. But thou, O Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book, even to the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall be increased. And then skipping down to verse 8, And I heard, but I understood not. Then said I, O my Lord, what shall be the end of these things? And he said, Go thy way, Daniel, for the words are closed up and sealed till the time of the end. And many shall be purified and made white and tried, but the wicked shall do wickedly, and none of the wicked shall understand, but the wise shall understand. God bless you, you can be seated. We're going to be speaking this morning on the revealing of sons. Looking here in the scripture, as we have read from the book of Daniel, about an understanding that is to come in the end time. Daniel's prophecy, we see that Michael, um, which means who is like God, he is one of the chief princes, um, he's an archangel. In fact, the matter is, many times throughout history and through the Bible, when God would want to appear among his people, he would appear in an angelic form and, and would, would appear among the people. We would see the angel of the Lord would speak out of a bush to Moses. And um, it would be the Lord speaking out of the bush. And then, you know, so we, we see here that Michael stands up and, and he, and we, we see that Daniel in this prophecy can see that there comes a time where that there is an understanding that comes to the church and uh, something that happens that causes the elect and the elect are those who's Names are written in the book of, of life of the Lamb slain before the foundation of the world. But it causes them to believe. John also sees the archangel Christ stand up when he 
comes and, and when he comes an understanding comes that had been sealed up from other generations and I'd like to read this from Revelation chapter 10 we're going to read that 10th chapter this morning so that we can anchor our faith in the Word of God because that's where faith must find its eternal resting place is in God's Word so in Revelation chapter 10 and verse 1, it says, And I saw another mighty angel come down from heaven. So again, this is similar to Daniel's prophecy, which Daniel is the book of Revelation of the Old Testament um, because it, it holds the mysteries and things that was concerning the Jewish people. Now what's important about that is also to realize that when God shows us something about the Jewish people, that there is a spiritual aspect because there's not just one seed of Abraham. There's a physical seed and a royal seed. And we are the royal seed of Abraham by the new birth. Amen. So when you see another mighty angel come down from heaven, you see him standing up on the behalf of his people. This would be a parallel scripture to 1 Thessalonians 4, where the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, and with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God. So again, you know, we are, we're living in a great time of scriptural fulfillment. And we should be under tremendous expectations this morning to see God move in our midst and in our lives. Because this is a time of where that there is action that is taking place. God is moving in a particular way as he brings to pass end time prophecies. And you happen to be the blessed ones to be able to live in this day when so much is being done. Because there can be years and years of silence. And then there, will be, then there will be a time of fulfillment. And you are in a season or a time of fulfillment. And you should be under great expectance and expectation in this hour. Because God is not silent. He is breaking the silence. He is revealing things to this generation as he wraps up the Gentile dispensation and gets ready to take a bride into a rapture and usher in a millennial reign. So it's a great, it's a great hour that we're living in, a time where scripture that has been pondered at and wondered at becomes made known. And he said, and I saw another mighty angel come down from heaven clothed with a cloud. The rainbow was upon his head, which is symbolic of his covenant, the seven so the, the seven colors of the rainbow is showing uh, as God is revealed through seven spirits, through seven churches or church ages, and, and uh, seven stripes of blood in the Old Testament, and, and on and on and on, the symbology is rich. And, and so when it comes down to God, a rainbow was never to represent the gay community. It, uh, because, you know, even in their colors, they're missing uh, their number six. They, they, they're missing a color. They're incomplete. There's something missing in their lives Amen. that would make them complete and bring them into covenant with God. But 
but a rainbow is upon his head and his face now is illuminated as it were the sun. So it's the, the full countenance, the full word of God coming into enlightenment and showing in its strength. This parallels to the book of Zechariah by which we name our church after evening like tabernacle for it says, and it shall be light in the evening time. After a time of being dark and cloudy and confusion and unbelief and, and all of that, that in the evening time, just before the, the, the light turns off and it goes into total darkness, that God brings illumination of his word and of his power and, and of his nature to an end time people. And I just want to tell you, you, you are blessed to be a part of that. Amen. You are a blessed people this morning. We could say, even as Jesus would say, when understanding was coming to them, he said, I speak to them in parable, but, but it's given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom. And he said, well, I say to you that prophets and wise men and righteous men have desired to see the day that you're living and did not get to see it. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and blessed are your ears, for they hear. Because God in this hour promised to bring an understanding to this age that other ages walked in partial light and, and gloomy days and, and, and confusion another time, but it shall be light in the evening time. And so again, his face was, as it were, the sun and his feet as pillars of fire. Notice where his feet is upon the earth were pillars of fire because that's where, that's his body, that's his believers, that's those that are filled with the same Holy Ghost. When the Holy Spirit divided itself on the day of Pentecost and came and individually dwelt 120 and, and then 3,000 were added to the body and so on and on and on, God promises in this last day, he will have his feet on the ground. He will be here among his people. But he will do it by being in his people. Because in this last day, he comes in bright form before we meet him in the air. Where real true sons of God are revealed and manifested in this last day. Because all creation has been groaning and travailing and waiting on you to get here. But now you are here. And now it is your hour. Now it is your season. Now it is your time. You are the actor on the scene. Amen. Others may have been actors in days past, but you are called and you are chosen and you are ordained to be the overcomer. Hallelujah. To be the believer. To be the Daniel. To be the Hebrew children. To be the Shamgar. To be the Abraham. To be the Jacob. To be the Joseph. To be Jesus. Manifested in bride form. I say this is a glorious hour. This is a glorious day. And you have been called to be an integral part of this. God can't do it without you because you are his feet. You are where he has the boots on the ground. 
And he had in his hand a book previously that was closed. And Revelation 5 now opened. And he set his right foot upon the sea. And his left foot upon the earth. He's conquering. Remember who is he conquering through? He's conquering through you, the believer. He already overcome in the man of Galilee. He has already defeated the devil in the man of Galilee. Are you with me? This time he's going to defeat the devil in you. Hallelujah. The same glory that was in God to be in bride form, in a manifested, in a people in the end time. That ought to make us shout this morning. That ought to make us say, God, I yield myself to be. Everything you said in this word. And he cried with a loud voice as when a lion roareth. And when he cried, seven thunders uttered their voices. Now this is the voice of God, but it's, it's, not, it's not understood yet. And when the seven thunders had uttered their voices, I was about to write. And I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, seal up those things which the seven thunders uttered and write them not. And the angel which I saw stand upon the sea and upon the earth lifted up his hand to heaven and swear by him that liveth forever and ever who created heaven and the things that therein are and the earth and the things that therein are and the sea and the things which are therein that there should be time no longer or no longer delay. There will come a time where he's not going to delay anymore. Amen. But in the days, notice, but in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, when he shall begin to sound, the mystery of God should be finished, as he had declared his servants, the prophets. And the voice which I heard from heaven, notice he's not finished with the seventh angel. He continues on. And the voice which I heard from heaven spake unto me and said, go and take the little book, which is open in the hand of the angel which standeth upon the sea on the earth. And I went unto the angel and said unto him, give me the little book. And he said unto me, take it and eat it up and it shall make thy belly bitter, but it shall be in thy mouth sweet as honey. And I took the little book out of the angel's hand and ate it up and it was in my mouth sweet as honey. And as soon as I'd eaten it, my belly was bitter. So it caused a war within him. Come on. Amen. You know, the message that God gives us in the last day causes even a struggle within you. Amen. But somebody's going to keep it down. Amen. Somebody's going to eat it and digest it until it becomes a word, a message. Out of their lives. And he said unto me, Thou must prophesy again before many peoples and nations and tongues and people and kings. For they that know their God shall do exploits. It's the time of the bride's prophecy to prophesy again. For God one more time to display his word upon the earth. Now, these words of the prophet Daniel, as we said, were spoken to the people of Israel 
It's a promise left to them, but the scripture is not only to the natural seed of Abraham, but also the royal seed. So this time of Daniel's, or Michael standing up, parallels the very, this Daniel 12 actually parallels uh, Revelation chapter 10. It's just shown a, a little bit different because one of it is to natural Israel in their time. and There is a restoration that is promised to them. And they're all gathered in their land. But there's also a spiritual Israel. There's also the royal seed of Abraham and they're also being gathered to their land, to their homeland. Revelation 5 shows the lamb standing up. We don't have time to read all of these scriptures in order to preach it this morning, but the Revelation 10 or 5 shows the lamb standing up to take the book and removing its seals. What is, what is, what is happened? The scripture is actually repeating itself. Amen. The, the resurrected Christ appearing among us again as it was in the New Testament when Jesus had to walk among the disciples after his resurrection and bring an awakening to them as to the meaning of the scriptures, as to what God was doing in that hour. He would actually have to open up the Bible to them, open up the scriptures to them. If you remember the Emmaus walk, he would walk among them and say, you know, this was spoken of a, in Isaiah and Jeremiah and all these scriptures of the things pertaining to me because they had been blinded in that day and was not seeing the very purpose of Jesus Christ. And this was the reason of their disillusionment. And this was the reason of their discouragement where that they were not going to the upper room, but they were instead going the opposite direction, heading down to Emmaus, going off on some other business. But I'll tell you, God's going to get his elect. Amen. No matter what direction you're headed this morning, that resurrected Christ is here to reveal himself to you. Amen. To get you turned around, to bring you back to the promise, to, real, to bring you to a realization of the scripture that is being fulfilled in this hour. I say it's a glorious day. Jesus would say to them, it must be fulfilled. Amen. I'm saying to you this morning, as the spirit cries out of my heart, it must be fulfilled. Amen. That, that, uh, that the word, that things that have been written in the law of Moses and in the prophets, in the lives of great men, in the Psalms concerning the bride in this hour. Amen. There has to be our understanding come open. Amen. Where we understand the scriptures. Hallelujah. Jesus, Jesus would look into the scripture to see himself. So he would look and see himself and Jonah. And say, as Jonah was in the belly of the well, he would see himself there with Abraham and said, before Abraham was, I am. He would, he would see himself constantly in the scripture as he would look at Solomon and then say, a greater than Solomon is here. Amen. All of these things, he relied on the scripture 
to tell him his day, his hour, his moment, and what God was doing in his life because the scripture must be fulfilled. Now, the Bible said, then Jesus opened their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. I pray today that there will come an understanding. Amen. That there will be an understanding strike many hearts today. Amen. Yes, I know that God sent us a messenger in this end time so we can understand the scripture, but I want it to become a personal revelation to every one of you sitting out there on the pew. Amen. Where that, where that he opens your understanding that you might understand the scriptures. You know, Daniel wanted to know, but it was not time to know. And then John wanted to write it, and it wasn't time for it to be made known. And then Daniel, as I said, wanted to know and would say, Oh, Lord, what will be the end of these things? And he said, Go thy way, Daniel, for the words are closed up and sealed to the time of the end. And many shall be purified and made white and tried, and the wicked shall be do wickedly. But none of the wicked shall understand, but the wise shall understand. Amen. You ought to put that down in your heart this morning. That's exactly what I want to be. I want to be purified. I want to be made white. Amen. I, I want to have an understanding. Amen. I want to know. I, want to, I don't want to just be fulfilling one part, being cleansed and made white, but I want to have an understanding. Amen. I want to understand exactly my day, my hour, my visitation. Because Jesus would say to them in that day, he said, you know, to, to, to Jerusalem, the things that will come upon you is because you didn't recognize your day and its message. Now, you know, God does some extraordinary things. He does some extraordinary things to get you to believe. Amen. Well, I mean, if you go down in the days of of Sarah when she was in years of unbelief. He would do something very extraordinary. God would take on flesh, walk down among them. Genesis 18, and the Lord appeared to Abraham in the plains of Mamre. What was God doing? He was doing something very extreme. He had Sarah there that was, you know, in years of unbelief. And it would take in an awakening of her faith. That's what we're doing this morning by preaching these things. Is we're not saying that the faith isn't there. We're saying that it needs to be an awakening. Amen. It's gone dormant in too many souls and too many lives. We, we've allowed the, the confusion of the age to crowd out the voice of God. Amen. Now... Again, God would do some extraordinary things. He would, he would call Sarah's heart in the tent behind him. And, and he, would, he would change her in order to receive the promised son. You know, make a, an old grandma, 90 years old, a, you know, a, a, woman, a woman that would be so changed that a young prince, a young king would want to marry her. Amen. He would do extreme things. 
I, I'm trying to tell you, God will go to the extreme to get his people to believe. He said, I'll have a bride, and he's determined to have her ready. And he'll go to the extreme to get you. Amen. In the first exodus, God went to the extreme to get Israel into her homeland. This was necessary to get them from unbelief and back into faith again, get to start believing again. Amen. Satan had Israel so beat down and defeated in slavery until it would take extreme measures to give them faith to believe. Amen. So in that exodus, let's, let's just go even to, to Jesus' day. In that exodus there, what, the exodus from sin, when Jesus came, had he only, had he just come and, 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 and you know, all of a sudden we, we get a count of this 33-year-old man that the Romans decide to hang on a cross and, 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 and die. You know, he would just have been of one of the faceless Jews that would have died under Roman powers. Are you with me? But because God did some extreme things, there were angelic visitations that announced John's birth to make him a forerunner of his coming. And then then, uh, there would be Jesus arise on the scene. Think of that. God would do something very extreme, take an unmarried woman a virgin, and bring forth a child in her womb. That's pretty extreme. It's never been duplicated. Never been imitated. Amen. It it was very extreme. God took a, a girl who never knew a man, and that which conceived in her was of the Holy Ghost. God was doing some extreme things. Are you with me? Amen. Now, then Jesus came and he did miracles and his miracles were extreme. He would, he, you know, where, where only the prophets in the times past would, would maybe have out of hundreds of thousands of years of Jewish history, maybe only one or two raised from the dead, but Jesus would raise men from the dead that had been dead for four days. Amen. He would would bring them back to life again. And he would bring back the widow's son in Nain. And he'd bring back the little maid in Jairus' house. And on and on and on. He he was doing the extreme. Are you understanding me? Amen. It was for a purpose. He would bring healing. And he would take a man who had no eyeballs. And show that he was the creator again. Amen. He would spit in the ground and roll out an eyeball and stick it in his face and real, go and get another one and roll it out. Put another one in there. Amen. And why? He was the one who was the original maker. Amen. When he made eyeballs to begin with, when he did it for Adam, come on, somebody. God was doing something extreme, taking moisture from his own body. Taking it and wrapping it, rolling it around, making an eyeball, and saying, I'm going to wash the excess out at the pool of Shalom, and you'll come back seeing. What was God doing? God was doing extreme things to cause people to believe. Are you with me now? 
Amen. He would come and cast out devils until demons would actually beg him not to torment them. Amen. Oh, my, what a day that was. What a day of payback on the devil. Amen. The tormentor himself. Demons of torment screaming back, don't torment me before my time. Begging him, don't torment me. God was doing some extreme things. Amen. Even so, God went to the extreme in this last day to stir up faith in the hearts of this generation. Amen. I spoke last Sunday of a nine-year-old boy, little David Walker, that God would, God would call to preach at nine years old. And he would, you know, God would use that to attract the attention to the supernatural. Because God was getting ready to send a message to prepare the people for his coming. And so he would use little David Walker and show it wasn't education you needed. No, it wasn't degrees from a seminary. But it was a God calling and an anointing that was needed. It would show us once again that when he brought forth the capstone as he promised to do in Zechariah, that it would not be by might and it would not be by power, but it would be by God's spirit, saith the Lord. And he was declaring that he would use sign gifts to vindicate a message to prepare people's hearts for the second coming of Christ. Amen. Let me just tell you, friends, let it just go down deep in your heart. It was 1933. Now, 85 years ago now. Amen. Wake up your 85-year-old bodies now and listen to me. But in 1933 on the Ohio River, there was a voice spoke from heaven that said as John the Baptist was sent to forerun the first coming of Christ. You are sent with a message to forerun the second coming. 1946, as I recounted last week, there were two prophecies that went forth through tongues and interpretation. Mighty moves of the Spirit as God pouring out and, and even using tongues and interpretation there at that time to, to give a word that would say the same thing, amen, over again to reconfirm it. Some, some uh, uh, 14 years later, reconfirming it all over again, amen, that as John the Baptist was sent to forerun the first coming of Christ, you're sent with a message to forerun the second coming of Christ. I thought about T.L. Osborne as he, as he added his voice to the other and he testified of that night in 1946 where in Portland, Oregon, he said, I saw Brother Bradham minister. I didn't hear a voice. I didn't know it had been said of him. And I didn't know that the voice from heaven had spoken these words. I knew nothing of that. I had not been with any of the ministers that believed in him. For most of those I was with did not believe in him. But like a voice, yet not like a voice. I heard it. I know it. It came to me. 
as John the Baptist was sent as a forerunner of his first coming, William Branham is sent as a forerunner of his second coming. Amen. Once more, God would take men. Amen. Men called of God to preach the word in that day, in that era, in that time. Reconfirm it. Even to them. Amen. That God was doing something spectacular. Amen. God was moving in a certain way in order to prepare people for his second coming. I tell you, church, we, we cannot afford to go to sleep in this hour. We cannot afford to go dormant in our faith. Amen. God has spoke out particularly to your day, to your hour. Amen. To bring about an awakening. God was doing extreme things. Amen. To awaken faith in your heart. To let you know you are in the very cycle. The very hour of his coming. I ask you the question today. Could it be that God made a mistake? This God who time after time after time showed how accurate his word could be, could it be possible that he could make a mistake? Is it possible that the word is not true in Hebrews that says it is impossible for him to give a lie or to make a lie? It's impossible. Could it be that perhaps this God we serve is, you know, there's a possibility that he could just maybe couldn't, you know, the, the day would get so evil. The times would get so hard. The age would be so rough they, that, 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 that Laodicea shows him outside of his church rejected until the point that he would just finally have to give up on it, give up on his divine plan and go back into the heavens and forget it all. And just, just become an absentee maker or creator of the earth. You know, could it be that he made a mistake? I say to you, there is no mistake in this word. Amen. God has sent a forerunner to forerun, to prepare hearts for the coming of the Lord. Amen. And it's got to prepare your heart. I say it must prepare your heart. You must be one that opens your heart to it and say, God, prepare me, prepare me, prepare this church, prepare this people, prepare this preacher this morning for the coming of the Lord. Gordon Lindsay would write in the man sent from God, Back in that day, this wasn't wrote today. This was wrote back in the 40s, early 50s. Gordon Lindsay and Jack Knorr who witnessed and were the scribes of that day. They screamed, they screamed out, Bible days are here again. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to tell you something, church. They saw it then. Amen. Has God changed any? Amen. The Bible days are still here. Hallelujah. We're living in a time of fulfillment of Scripture. That makes Bible days here again. 
What a blessed people you are. Amen. What an opportunity you are. Why, you could, you know, you could, you could just squander your life away in a Baptist tomb or Methodist tomb. But God has given you a great opportunity this morning to, to have him walk among you and reveal himself through the scripture. They would write, they would write at that time when they said, Bible days are here again. So the story of the life of William Branham is so out of this world. That ought to be your testimony this morning. Of people who are so out of this world and beyond the ordinary. Uh, that were, that were, they're not available a host of infallible proofs which document and attest its, its uh, authenticity. One might, or authenticity, one might well be excused for considering it far-fetched or incredible. But the facts are so generally known and of such a nature that they can be easily verified by any sincere investigator, that they must stand as God's witnesses to this, to God's willingness and purpose to reveal himself again to men as it once did in the days of the prophets and the apostles. The story of this prophet's life, for he is a prophet, though we infrequently use the term, indeed witnesses to the fact that Bible days are here again. Amen. The full gospel businessman's voice would, would have this on the cover in 1961. It said in Bible days there were men of God who were prophets and seers, but in all the sacred records, None of these had a greater ministry than that of William Branham, a prophet and seer of God, whose photograph appears on the front cover of this issue of a full gospel men's voice. Branham has been used of God in the name of Jesus to raise the dead. Amen. 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 What is it? God's done some extreme things, incredible things, unbelievable things. Unbelievable to most hearts. But somehow there's some people here this morning that believe. Amen. That it didn't, it didn't stir their hearts to doubt it. It's turned them to faith. Amen. To know that God is real. And he's still the same extreme God. Who would come flesh 2,000 years ago? Who would appear in the days of Moses in that exodus? And God appear among us using a man, a ministry in this last day to stir your heart back to truth. I tell you, there ought not be any room for any doubt this morning. Amen. Jack Moore would write this account as he screamed out also, Bible days are here again. And he would talk about the first time that William Branham came to his meetings, to his own home church, and, and was there at Life Tabernacle for the first time. He said, surprise and bewilderness. Bewilderment was among our mixed emotion that first Sunday evening of Brother Branham's visit to us. When we arrived early at our large frame, a tabernacle and found the building so congested we could hardly get in. This had never happened before on the first night of any meeting, but this was a Branham meeting. A steady stream of traffic had wound its way through the hills and uh, Arkansas hills and Louisiana valleys that day, and 
reverently tracing the path of this 20th century prophet whose prayers would cause diseases to be accursed, broken homes to be reunited, drunken fathers to repent, prodigal sons to return, feuding churches to stack arms and make peace, and lukewarm Christians to be rekindled by the fire of their first love. Amen. Oh, my. We managed to, to secure a large high school auditorium, but we're forced to move back after only two nights due to the, the ravaging press of the throngs which descended upon the school, even during school hours. And we were privileged to, to keep only uh, five glorious days and nights of this celestial visit. Uh, this uh, uh, this celestial vigil, but uh, but the effect of those memorable days lives on today. The people were left humbled and and tendered because they knew that Jesus of Nazareth had passed our way in His servant. This is their testimony. Amen. For that holy pause, we had seemingly turned back the pages of time. And joined the admiring host of followers that shuffled along the dusty trails of Galilee in faithful devotion to a lowly carpenter who claimed to be the Messiah of Israel. In our visionary procession, we passed by the place of the tombs which erupted a, a naked demoniac, a screaming and hissing his objection to the presence of Christ but sat at his feet a moment later, clothed and in his right mind. We were among the jostling mob around Jesus when he asked the abrupt question, who touched me? And saw a trembling little woman cast herself at his feet and declare before all the people for what cause she had pulled at the border of his robe and how she was healed immediately and then followed on to Jairus' house and saw the raising of his daughter. We heard the plain words of a deaf and dumb child after his tongue was loose by the master's touch and laughed to see the lame man leap for joy. And we clamored for seaside seat with 5,000 other men who had forsaken the anvil and the the hammer and closed the doors of their shops to spend the, uh, the day hours in rapt listening to the wonderful teaching of this divine philosopher. We wept with the women as we gazed on his beautiful face and recognized the sorrow and grief that spoke of a broken heart and felt that melting, warming sensation. That once glance from his kind eyes that would one glance from his kind eyes would bring to his soul. Yes, Bible days were here again. Here was a man who practiced what we preached. Hallelujah. Oh my, may it be said of evening like tabernacle, we're a church that practices what we preach. We don't only preach of a glorious salvation, but we practice that. We don't only preach of divine healing, but we practice that. Amen. Any promise in the word, we practice that. Amen. What was it? It was as if they could see the days of Jesus all over again. So it has been well said. I'm quoting him again. It has been well said that unique in Brother Branham's ministry is the amazing gift which enables him to detect, to detect and discern the diseases that people have. This manifestation is one 
100% perfect. Amen. Now, you know, we got scoffers that rise in these last days because that's part of the rapture. Amen. That Jesus, or Peter said concerning his coming, said in the last days scoffers shall arise. Amen. So we have to have, we have to have the scoffers to fulfill the scripture. Amen. But here them in that day, they said it was 100% perfect. And he said it's a continuous and astonishing thing. For Brother Bradham, by the Spirit of God, is able to perceive in seconds without error what sometimes only weeks of observation in a clinic is able to duplicate. This is a mighty sign proven that God is visiting his people. And then it goes on to say a still greater and remarkable and more recent manifestation in Brother Branham's ministry is this gift of discernment, the word of knowledge, which enables him under the anointing to instantly tell the people the secrets of the hearts. Sometimes there are sins which people have hidden away and that are unconfessed, which hinder them from receiving their healing. This amazing discernment once manifested in the ministry of Christ and of Elisha is profound, unique, and glorious. This exercise brings a solemn spirit over the meeting and, and indeed transforms the beholder back to the miraculous Bible days. Yes, I want to say Bible days are here again. They testified of it then. I'm shouting it out today. Bible days are here again. Amen. Not only with Bible signs and Bible miracles, but a message. Amen. Bible doctrine is here again. To manifest and bring forth sons of God. Bringing back the faith that was once delivered to the saints. Amen. God not only wanted you to know his doctrine. No, God wants you to know his life. He wants you to know Bible life is here again. Amen. With the fullness of the Holy Ghost. Amen. You know, I think it's mockery. I think it's mockery. When I hear some people say, I'm going to leave the message in order to get back to the Bible or get back to Jesus. That's the biggest mockery I ever heard in my life. The Jesus, now hang on with me for a minute. But the Jesus that the denominations portray as Jesus happens to be only just one of the people in the Trinity. In the Trinity of gods. It's a Jesus that cares not about what kind of sin you want to continue to live in. It's a Jesus who don't care about his word. Who despises Bible holiness. Oh, amen, and discounts it as only a man's opinion. Let me tell you, it is the opinion of the eternal God. Amen, it's the opinion of his eternal word, an unchangeable word that society can't change, that Hollywood can't change. 
Amen. I'd like you to look with me in Matthew 5, 27 for a scripture reading. He, and Jesus is saying, how many believe he was the eternal God made flesh? And he would say, you have heard it said by them of old time, thou shalt not commit adultery. Amen. But I say unto you, here's the eternal God speaking. Amen. Here's the word, the timeless word. The eternal word saying, but I say unto you that whosoever looketh on a woman to luster after her hath committed adultery with her already in his heart. Amen. Did you notice the scripture? Adultery with her. Adultery with her. Amen. It signifies this is not just a man's fault. Well, this is a man's fault. He just got a dirty mind. This is a man's fault. You know, he looked, he lusted. So he's the one that committed adultery. No, adultery is an act between two people. Two willing people. Amen. We use another word when, when, a, when a party is not, uh, not willing, and that's called rape. Amen, that Jesus didn't say that. He said adultery. Amen, it shows that she was willing. She was a participant in the act. She stripped herself and wore subducted clothes, inviting a man to commit adultery with her. Amen, come on. Amen, because a woman, a lady who is, who is not properly dressed you, or, or let me back up, a, a lady who is properly dressed, she is not a party to adultery. Amen. No, sir. But when she wears tight and seductive clothes and she presents herself in shorts and form-fitting clothes and short dresses, she is, in fact, a prostitute inviting adultery. That ain't the opinion of Hollywood. That ain't the opinion of the world today. That ain't the opinion of the churches. But that is Bible doctrine. That is Bible word. That is Bible truth. Amen. Now, the true, the true Bible Jesus condemns this. Now, the denominational Jesus may not condemn this. But the Bible, Jesus does. Come on. Amen. We're preaching Bible days are here again. How are you going to have Bible days without Bible doctrine? Amen. You say, well, we got Bible. We believe the Bible. Then where is Bible teaching? So we're following the Bible, Jesus. Well, this is what the Bible, Jesus, preached. He preached. Bible holiness. And when your, when your denominational Jesus says you'll make it to heaven, cross-dressing and wearing man's apparel, when his unchanging word says it's an abomination to God for a woman to wear a garment that pertains to a man, and yet you think you're going to heaven flaunting in God's face what he hates, it ain't going to happen, church. 
I'll read you from the book of Revelation chapter 21 and verse 27 about that city about the dwelling place of God that men and women are are claiming that they're going to live in. And I want you to get what it said. And there shall in no wise enter into it anything that defileth, neither whatsoever worketh an abomination or maketh a lie, but they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. You put on garments that pertain to a man or man wear a woman's garment. Amen. There's no place for you in heaven. Because you're abomination in God's sight. Amen. Now, now the Jesus of denominations is not going to preach that. But a Bible Jesus will preach it. And a Bible preacher will preach it. And a Bible people will believe it. Amen. You say, well, that's not the opinion of our church. That's the problem. Amen. Because men have valued, they have valued the opinion of the church over the opinion of Christ. Now, you know, again, in Revelation, you know, the, the book of Revelation is clear. You're not going to enter that city. Anything, anything that's an abomination. You know, you got men today that's wanting to doll themselves up and wearing necklaces and bracelets and sissified things. You're not to wear anything that pertains to a woman. Come on. Amen. And to do so is an abomination. It's something God detests. And he said, it's not welcome in my city. It may be welcome in Hollywood. It may be welcome in the first churches of America, but it ain't welcome in God's house. Amen. When you come up there on that day, he said, you won't be there. Anything that maketh or believeth a lie or is an abomination. So, well, that's just my, that, that's just your opinion. No, that's the opinion of the Bible. And you have a different opinion from that. Now, you see the Jesus that is being presented by this prostitute church is one that is powerless to heal, much less than deliver from sin. So he allows you to live in sin with no power to overcome. It's a Jesus that says that there are many ways to come to God. And so offers tolerance and acceptance of any behavior and almost any sin. It's a Jesus who just says, you know, just try to and be good and spread a little goodness in the world, but demands no change of behavior or nature. It's a Jesus who offers a Catholic theology. Are you with me? We go. We we got we got what three billion people in America or in the world? I mean that claims Christianity 3.5 billion, and most every one of them are following Catholic theology of a Trinity of gods, with Jesus being only one of the members of the Godhead. This Jesus offered by denomination will give you churchanity instead of Christianity. Amen. The worldly church is offering this maddening wine. It's a, it's a mind-altering wine of its adultery and offering you to drink of it. Just drink of it. 
Amen. And you, you lose your senses. You lose your vision. You, you know, you, you, you know, you have this ecstasy. Oh, it's all good. It's all fine. And all of a sudden, your, your vision blurs and makes God into three people. Revelation chapter 17, verse 1. And there came one of the seven angels, which had the seven vows, and talked with me, saying unto me, Come hither, and I will show to thee the judgment of the great whore that sitteth upon many waters, whom the kings of the earth have committed fornication, and the inhabitants of the earth has been made drunk with the wine of her fornication. Notice the Christian church by and large. Now the Bible said they come a great falling away. And people look at that just to be something only at the end time. Let me tell you, the church has been falling away for 2,000 years. Amen. In first, in first age, they lost their first love. Finally, they come right on down into complete, complete um, objection to the Bible. Lost the even truth of the new birth, which can only come by the baptism of the Holy Ghost. So they left the Bible Jesus that she was supposed to be married to and has taken in the seat of theologians. This is what makes her whore. Notice. Taken in the seeds of theologians and so deny his name and salvation until the maddening wine blurs her vision until God is now three people, three persons in a trinity, are three gods, and it breaks the first commandment. Hear, O Israel, the Lord thy God is one Lord. Amen. Amen. Listen, taking on human interpretations and a hundred of other follies and offering to you the man of sin, the son of perdition, who, who is the Jesus worship in temples supposedly named for Christ. It's an awful day we're living in. A complete rejection. You look at Laodicea, they reject Christ. Put him outside. He's unwanted, undesired, unloved, uncared for. Somebody with me? Amen. Now, so the Bible, the Bible said there's going to be a worldwide deception. Paul called it a great falling away until the whole world would fall into this deception. Now, we're not talking about one or two people here. We're talking about the whole world. Now, 2 John 1 and 9, he said, Whosoever transgresses and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God. So there, there is a doctrine of Christ that we must abide in. Amen? Now, Jesus told us that there was worldwide wholesale deception and that would be one of the signs of the end time. Matthew 24 and verse 4. Let's read it. And let's just read and see where the whole world is going to be in deception. Not just a few people. Amen. Notice verse 4. Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you for what? Many 
shall come to me in that day saying, I am Christ. I am anointed and shall deceive many. Look down at verse 11 now. And many, how many? Many false prophets shall rise and deceive many. So there's going to be many false prophets and many deceived. Amen. Hey, Rome's got a false prophet standing in their pulpit. Amen. He's called the Pope and he's deceiving a billion people. Are you with me? Amen. He's just one and he's deceiving many. But the Bible tells us in the end time there's going to be a strong delusion. And there's going to be many that are deceived. Amen. And watch what he says. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. So because iniquity, which is contempt and violation of the law of God. Now, you know, it's despising God's word and violating God's word because this shall abound, the many Many, not a few, many shall wax cold. So now the Bible tells you again, many are going to be deceived and many are going to follow false prophets and there will be many, not just one, many false prophets. Come on. And many will be deceived and because that, there's no, that there is contempt and a violation of the law of God is set aside for church theology, amen, that it will cause the love of many to wax cold. Now, that ain't the day we're living in. Why, you can't hardly get people out to church on Wednesday night anymore. Amen. You know, churches are just, you know, sitting, sitting in many cases empty in places. Or if not, it's as somebody's got a good entertainment program. The gospel is an entertainment. The gospel is the power of God. Amen. It's the power of God unto salvation, deliverance. Then we come down to Matthew 24, and there shall arise false Christ or false anointed ones. People who say, I'm anointed too. And Jesus would say that many will come to me in that day and say, haven't we cast out devils in thy name? Haven't we spoken in tongues and done many mighty works? And he says, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I don't know you. I never knew you. So there shall arise false Christ and false prophets, not a false prophet, but prophets, and shall show great signs and wonders, insomuch as it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. So there's going to be a wholesale deception in the last day. Let's go down to Second Thessalonians and see what Paul said. I'll get out of this in a minute, and you can breathe easy. But Second Thessalonians 2 and 3. Until then, we're going to hammer this just for a minute. Because I want you to see something. There is a worldwide deception that is going on. Not just a few people. And I'll tell you, if you're following the opinion of the masses, you're following the deception. If you're you're following the holiness that is presented by Christian churches today, the majority of them, you are following deception. 
Amen. If you're listening to the voice of Hollywood as to how to dress and how to do, and because there's a few Christian Christian actors out there and some of these Christian models are modeling stuff, you are following deception. Because most of them are going to follow the deception. I'm going to show you where he says he'll sit. This is, this is where Paul saw. He said, now, as far as the coming of the Lord, he said, it won't take place until there's a falling away first. Look at here in verse 3. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come. Now, in reference to this, verse 1, he's talking about the coming of the Lord. Except there come a falling away first. And the man of sin be revealed the son of perdition. So here come the man of sin is going to be manifested, revealing himself. And he opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God. So certainly he's got a better plan than the word of God. Amen. Or that is worship so that he as God actually sits in the temple of God showing that he is God. So he will actually sit in the temples or in the churches and be proclaimed as God. Oh, this Jesus of love, of compassion, that let anybody live any way you want to, dress any way you want to, act any way you want to, and make it to heaven. You ain't going to this heaven. I don't know what heaven that you think that is, but you're going to wind up in a lake of fire following this man of sin. But he shows himself that he is God. Verse 10, and he comes with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish because they receive not the love of the truth. What? They didn't have a love for truth. Now, they may have had a love for church and love for ceremony and love for entertainment and love everybody and everybody is just full of love, but don't have a love for truth. I'm trying to tell you, you've got to have a love, a passion for truth. Amen. Not if you don't have a passion for truth, you're going into deception. It's going to take somebody with a passion. I want to be right. I can't be lukewarm about this. I'm not playing games about it. Amen. I'm going to be a dedicated, consecrated son and daughter of God. I'm giving everything that I've got. I'm not just giving 100%, but 110%. Amen. I'm going to sell out. It can't be no halfway, you know, half baked Christianity, it's got to be a wholesale all the way, sold out, no going back. The Bible said they received not the love of the truth so that they could be saved because they didn't welcome truth but refused to love it. We got to welcome truth. So, well, Brother Tim, it makes us uncomfortable. Oh, does it now? You don't think Jesus made people uncomfortable? 
You don't know the Jesus of the Bible. And in fact, the matter is, if I don't make you a little bit uncomfortable when I preach, I ain't doing my job. Amen. I ought to make you so uncomfortable just sitting around and there's something an awakening and a stirring on the inside of your heart. Amen. I want Jesus. I want the Jesus of the Bible. I want Bible holiness. I want Bible teaching. I want Bible life. Amen. I want Bible days at evening night tabernacle. I want Bible days in my heart and life. Hallelujah. I hope it does make you a little uncomfortable and stirs up your faith within you and a desire to serve God and a passion to know his word and a love for the truth. I'm not teaching people to hate. I'm not trying to teach you to hate people. I'm trying to teach you to hate sin. Hate unbelief. We're in a world of it. And it's presenting itself as God, and it's not God. And for this cause, because they didn't welcome the truth, verse 11, God shall send them a strong delusion, a misleading influence. Tell me if that don't, if that ain't it, this misleading influence that comes and anoints our kids and adults too. To tattoo up their body. To, to, to take and demonstrate to the world some of these, fla- these fashions of the world. They're on strong delusion. To believe a lie. Amen. To believe, to make them believe what is false. Because everybody's doing it. And I'm just going to tell you, friends, we got everybody on their way to the tribulation. We got everybody on their way to to hell. We got everybody on their way to unbelief. But there's some people, amen, who's coming to repentance. And they ain't going the same way. Amen. They're headed right toward that cross with everything there within them. And they're saying, let the same mind that was in Christ be in me. Let me think like the Bible thinks. Let me judge it by the word of God. The Bible said that they might all be damned who believed in, not in the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Because unrighteousness is a lot more pleasurable. But it don't last for a season. You know, boys, that hot girl out there, she might be a pleasure for a little bit. But she'll only be pleasure long enough for to leave you hanging to, because she found somebody else hotter. You got to look at things through the eyes of faith. You got to look at it and say, is that girl going to be a homemaker? Is she going to be a true wife? Is she going to be somebody who sells her virtues to every other looker? You know, what is she going to be? The man, you know, is he, is he a guy that's got a passion for the word? Amen. Or is he somebody there that sleeps through church? Who has no interest in the things of God? 
Amen. Amen. Let me just go. Let me, let me quit meddling and go to preaching a little bit. Revelation 3 and 8. I'm 13 and 8. I'm going to read one more scripture before I go. The Bible said, and all that dwell on the earth shall worship him whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. There's only one inoculation, and that is the baptism of the Holy Ghost which reveals your name in the Lamb's book of life. And everybody else is going to worship him. Not me, Brother Tim, not me. I'll tell you, you will, and you are. Let me just say, I say today, I say today, come to Jesus. Come to the Bible, Jesus. I say come to the Bible, Jesus, who's not one of the members of the Godhead, but rather the fullness of the Godhead dwells in him. Amen. Because he does not dwell in the Godhead. No place in the Bible that ever says he dwells in the Godhead, but said rather the fullness of the Godhead dwells in him. All that God was, he poured into Christ. Amen. So come to the Bible, Jesus. Amen. He will give you a Bible holiness. He'll give you a Bible look. He'll give you a Bible walk. He'll give you a Bible water baptism by immersion in his name. Amen. He will give you a Bible baptism of the Spirit that is so intoxicating you can never get enough of it. Hallelujah. I got a drink of it one time and I ain't never got enough. Amen. It keeps me coming back for another drink. And I'm not drinking the maddening wine of the whore in the book of Revelation. I am drinking the intoxicating drink of the Holy Ghost that changes my nature, changes my walk, changes my view, changes my vision. Hallelujah. It's a joy, brother, that the world cannot take away. Hallelujah. God wanted you prepared for his coming in this age. Somebody help me preach now. So he sends forth a prophet with vindication like no other. He goes to extreme. Amen. So so as to bring back the authority of the words of Jesus. Come on. Amen. Where that once again the Bible is the supreme and final authority. Where the words of Jesus, the words of God becomes the supreme court. It's going to happen to somebody because in the book of Revelation to the last age, he says, these things saith the amen. And the amen is the final say. And I tell you, friends, when the Pope quit speaking or when he has spoken, he said his stuff and the president has said his stuff and the politicians have said their stuff and, and Hollywood has said their stuff and churches have said their stuff and TV evangelists have said their stuff. Then the Supreme Court speaks. And I'm telling you, the Supreme Court has spoken this day. Amen. To give a final say, a message to prepare people for his coming. It'll bring back where once again the Bible is the final authority. 
The words of Jesus must be a supreme court. It must be the absolute. If questions are settled, if questions were settled by the supreme court of the words of Jesus, we wouldn't have the confusing voices of 40,000 different denominations. Instead, questions are settled by the opinion of theologians or simply our church said. Now, I'm just going to say to you, it was not only necessary to restore Bible days with Bible miracles and Bible faith, but we also must have Bible doctrine. Amen. Like men, though, that treated Jesus in the New Testament, they, cry, they crucified the prophet and messenger, not because of his gift, not because of the hundreds of blind eyes who saw, or the deaf who heard, or the cripples who walked, but rather because of his doctrine. And I say, you know, don't crucify the message. You know, don't turn the message eye down as Laodicea has done. But open the door and receive the, whole, the only word that can save you from the sin-cursed world. This is the message of his coming as John the Baptist was sent to forerun the first coming of Christ. You're sent with a message to forerun the second coming of Christ. Now in this forerunning, we saw Jesus demonstrated. We saw Jesus' attitude toward the sick. We saw Jesus' attitude toward the forgotten and downtrodden, downtrodden races of men. We saw his attitude. We saw, we saw that you know, the blind eyes were coming open. These things were happening. They happened in order to open our blind eyes to the revealing of sons that God is doing something very spectacular. Very extreme in our age and our day. I'll tell you, the the rapture message is an extreme message. We believe that hundreds of thousands of people are going to raise from the dead and join the living. And the living will be translated out of this dimension into another to meet the Lord in in the heavens. Don't you believe that? Amen. That is extreme faith. That is extreme belief. God's doing something very extreme. And God was doing some very extreme things to show him the downtrodden, the forgotten, the uncared for, the rejects, the despised. Remember when Jesus did something very extreme. He goes by the woman to go by Samaria to visit with the woman at the well. He was doing something very extreme. Amen. But, you know, God goes to extreme measures to reach out to his elect, to get his bride, to get his chosen. Is somebody with me? Amen. As I said, it would reach out into the downtrodden, the forgotten, the abused, the, 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 the rejected. You know, I, I thought about Brother Branham, you know, as, um, as he uh, was being so used of God and moved by the Spirit. 
You know, the Spirit of God, it doesn't see skin color. It doesn't see things like men see, like the woman at the well. It didn't see a harlot. Amen. It saw a daughter of God that was hiding there, been hidden or covered over by that sin. Amen. And so he, he does some very extreme things. I think about Brother Branham as he was coming to the great meetings in, I believe this was um, uh, in Jonesboro, where he was, he, he was, he was coming to the, to the meetings and there was ushers to bring him into the services and somehow they didn't make a connection with him immediately. And so he, he, heard, he heard a cry. He heard a cry out there that was crying out. And, and it said, Daddy, Daddy. It was the most pathetic cry. And he was listening, hearing this cry, and, and nobody was responding. I mean, no, nobody cared. Nobody was moved toward this person. And that may be the way you are this morning. You know, you, 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 may be, you may feel that very same way today that nobody cares, nobody's responding. But I want you to know God isn't the kind of God to forget his own. He'll go to extreme measures to reveal himself to his elect. He's going to let them know, I chose you. Before the foundation of the world, he's going to awaken something on the inside of you. And this little girl, she was screaming, Daddy, Daddy. And nobody would help her because she was, as they call it in that day, a colored girl, a little black girl. And nobody, nobody would respond to her. You know, man can be so careless, so calloused, so caught up being religious nice people and everything else and yet not even have a, a sensitivity about them. Amen. But this little pathetic cry was coming from a place and, and he, he saw, he, he could see in the distance a, 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 a little colored girl you know, in her teenage years and she was crying, you know, daddy, daddy, and, and she was blind. Somebody help me. I've lost my daddy. Help me. I, 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 can't, I can't find my daddy. and Nobody would help her. So he, he goes over there and, and makes his way through the crowd, you know, trying to get to her. And finally gets to a place where he just kind of lets her bump into him for a minute. Hey, Amen. A lot of times you think it just, you know, it just happened to be. But God is very specific. He got it. He, he worked himself away until he got into her path. And I want you to know this is what God will do for you. He'll work himself right around. I'm talking about a Jesus, a Jesus, a Bible Jesus. I'm talking about Bible people that's got a Jesus attitude. And he works himself around until he gets in her way and lets her bump into him. Oh, I remember the day I bumped into Jesus. Hallelujah. I didn't know where to find him, but he knew where to find me. And he got in my path and let me bump into him. And it changed my life forever. It put sight in some blinded eyes. 
She's coming along, nobody paying attention and noticing her. Daddy, oh daddy. He said, well, I don't care what the laws are and the Jim Crow laws and the ungodly laws and all this other stuff. You know, I, I can't let her go like that. So he gets over there and said, I wonder, wonder if I could just try her faith a little bit, just see what kind, of, see if she has some faith for some healing. She bumped into him and said, excuse me, son. And I said, she said, then she went over, daddy, daddy. And he said, ma'am, so what's the matter? Said, uh, she said, I, I, I don't see any, any of your folks around from here. Where are you from? Said, I'm from Memphis. Said, well, why did you come? Said, he looked around. He saw some chartered buses. See, one of them had Memphis on it. Said, I thought I could maybe just lead her back that way to the bus somehow. If the people didn't recognize me. But I said, I thought I'd just test her faith for a moment. You know, God will respond where there's faith. Even if you need salvation this morning, the only way you're ever going to get it is to have faith. Even the only way, if I can get you to start believing, you know, things will start happening in this church. Things will start happening in your life if you can just get the people to believe. The angel said, nothing to stand before your prayer, not even cancer, if you can get them to believe. Amen. God wants you to believe him. So he does some extreme things in this generation to get you to believe him because he's going to have faith. He's going to have somebody who will believe him. And she said, yeah, yes, sir, said, no, I said, we came over here to see the healer. Now, to this little black girl, a healer was somebody that prayed for the sick. And he said, you don't believe in such stuff as that, do you? She said, oh, yes, sir, I do. He said, I listened to all the good gospel radio programs and said this morning, I heard people that was testifying of a blind man who come up from Missouri that received his sight said, I've come to receive my sight. Amen. Amen. He said, oh, God, I must be a hypocrite and let her bump into me like that. He said, well, I'll go through it. He said, you, you believe that? He said, yes, sir, I believe it with all my heart. He said, well, he said, you know, I, I heard of a little girl also that talked on the radio that was deaf and dumb and wasn't able to talk, and I heard her talk. I believe that that God that could give, give her an ability to talk and hear again can give sight to these eyes. He said, but you know, there's, there's doctors in the land. He said, sir, doctors can't help me. Doctors told me when them cataracts come on my eyes, just a young girl said I had to let, wait to let them to get ripe, and then they would operate, and then I waited, and then I got, they said it's inoperable. They said it wrapped around the nerves and said, there's no hope for me. Doctors can't help me. My only hope is to get to that man. And they tell me this is his last night here. (laughs) And I just say, you know, you've got to reach out to him when he's passing by. Hallelujah. When you feel him in the meeting, when you see him moving in the church, amen, that's the moment to move. Amen, because he's passing by your way. 
You don't never know when it'll be the last opportunity. And this girl said, this is my last chance. She, he said, in the day we got all these best medical science, you believe Almighty God could do that? He said, yes, sir. He said, I'll tell you how much I believe it. He said, if you will take me in there to that healer, I'll find my daddy. Amen. Just get me into where he's at. I'll find my daddy myself. He said, that was too much for me. And I, I said, you know what, maybe, I said, I'm not the healer, but I am Brother Branham. Maybe I'm the one you're looking for. And she grabbed a hold of him. She lay a held the lapels of his coat. And she said, sir, I'm not turning you loose till I get my blessing." Oh, if there would be some people like that today in this church that would say the same thing. I'm laying a hole of a promise and I'm not letting it go until I get blessed. Until the Lord opens up my blindness and let me see his word and the promise of that truth and heal me from my selfishness and unbelief. Amen. Oh. She let her lay a hold on him. And she, he said, I thought about old blind Fanny Crosby that said, Pass me not, O gentle Savior. Hear my humble cry. She held on to my lapels and said, Sir, have mercy on me. I'm a blind girl. I can't see between daylight and dark. But have mercy on me that my eyes can see. He said, well, let me take a hold of your hand. She said, no, sir, I'm not letting go of you. He said, you can hold on to me. Just hold on my hand. You can. She held on tight with the other hand while he held it. And he could see on his hand the vibrations of those, of those, um, of those cataracts as they were moving back and across his hands. And he says... Now, he said, I want to pray with you. He said, you believe Jesus will hear our prayer? You believe him with all my heart. And he says, Heavenly Father, some 1,900 years ago, there was an old rugged cross dragging down to the streets at Jerusalem. It was dragging out the bloody footprints of the bearer. And on the road up to Golgotha, his little weak, frail body fell under the load and and along came Simon the Serene, a colored man, an Ethiopian, picked up the cross and helped him bear the cross. So, Father, I'm sure you understand. And here's one of his daughters that's staggering around in darkness. Won't you help her? And he said he could feel those, those cataracts reacting on his hand begin to stop. And he said, just a moment now. Said, I wanted to, you, you just keep your eyes closed and be reverent. Don't open your eyes till I tell you. He said, I wanted to give just a minute or two for them cataracts to shrink enough for her to get some vision. Amen. Amen. And then, then, then he said, now, Ray, raise your head. She said, sir, I just felt something cool pass through my body. Right. Amen. Right. <laughs> 
They say you can't feel it. I'll tell you, I, I, I tell you, I can tell you, church, you can feel it. Amen. Yeah, it's not a sensation, but it has sensation with it. Amen. And oh, it moved over her and, and something cool went to her body. And she said, I felt something cool pass over me. And said, when she did, he said, now, all right. He said, it's been long enough now. I want you to raise your head up to where it just about faces where you think you're looking right me in the face. And said, then open your eyes. And she did. And she said, oh, sir, is them lights? Oh, there's people. Is that people walking by? I'm healed. I'm healed. Did you begin to scream out, I'm healed. And there was, a, there was an old man that was standing there, and he said, oh, oh, I, I recognize it's you, Brother Branham. See this crippled foot? I've got this old stick I've been leaning on. I've been out here eight days and nights out here in the rain waiting for my chance to get in. Have mercy on me. Tell me what to do, and I believe God will do it. He said, hand me your stick. Amen. And he jumped out and his crippled foot went straight and he was healed and he began to leap around. I'm healed. I'm healed. I'm healed. What was God doing? God was doing some extreme things. Hallelujah. To turn your heart to start believing. Amen. I'm sending you a Bible message with Bible doctrine, with Bible holiness, with Bible truth, with Bible joy, with the Bible Holy Ghost, amen, with the Bible Jesus, amen, to a God who will never forget his people, who is here this morning to heal every sick one, to raise the dead from to life again, to give power in the hearts of his children. That's the God we serve. He's revealing sons in this generation. Amen. Stand to your feet right now and receive it in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Blessed are your eyes for they see. Blessed are your ears for they hear. Blessed are you because you have been called and chosen to hear the voice of God, for understanding to come in this age and this time. Hallelujah! Glory to God, let the musicians come. Amen. Let's worship God this morning. Let's give him praise and do his great name. He hadn't forgot his people. He hadn't forgot you this morning. He's right there to minister to your need. I don't care how dejected, how rejected you feel in the society that we live in, how much unbelief has swallowed you up. God is doing some extreme things to move your heart to faith. Why don't you receive him now in the name of Jesus? Raise your hands right now to him. Raise your, raise your hand. Now raise your voice to him. Lift that voice of yours. Lift that voice of yours right now. The Bible said that you call on the name of the Lord, you shall be saved. Amen. You want deliverance? Deliverance is in the house of God. Amen. You need peace in your life? There's peace like a river. You need joy? There's joy like a river. Amen. There's peace like a fountain. There's the Holy Ghost to move in your life, to turn you to faith, to cause you to believe, to lift you up out of sin. Hallelujah. I don't care.
care how long you've been bound. Amen. I don't care how long you felt defeated. I don't care how long you've been in slavery. We are heard a voice that said, let my people go. And there's some devil tormentors in this building this morning that's going to torment the devil until we leave from here. We're not going to give him any peace. We're not going to give him any rest. But there is some devil defeaters, some serpent bruisers, some overcomers, some people that are empowered where he's revealing himself. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, revealing himself in your life this morning. Amen, giving you the faith to believe it's for me. Hallelujah. 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 I said hallelujah. I said let's praise our God. Let's say, I said God is moving in stream. Why don't you react? Amen, not in a formal way. But in the power of the Holy Ghost, let him lift you up today to rise with him in faith. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Satan, I announce to you, you are a defeated being. I announce to you, they're sons of God. That are, in, that are the actors on the scene right now where God is revealing himself in his sonship in sons of God to declare to this generation the name and the authority of Jesus Christ. Now take your lying, deceiving, stinking hands off of God's people. I loose them this morning to serve the living God. Amen. They have joy like they've never known. To be free of the bondage and the slave bells of sin. And I believe in the name of Jesus Christ, I declare it. Hallelujah. Now thank you, Lord. Go to praise him, Lord. Amen. Everything has to bow to the name of Jesus Christ. Let my people go. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We glorify your name, Lord, for your worthy. Hallelujah. Down at the cross. Where my Savior died, glory to his name. Will you worship with me this morning? I've got in my hands this morning a couple of prayer cloths. They're going to go to South Africa to a little home where a little preacher without a job in a broken condition with a little wife in the third stages of rectal cancer and we're sending on the wings of this trap we're here as devil defeaters serpent bruisers 
sending a message that there's sons of God being revealed in this day. And we are taking over Satan's dominion. Amen. We're, we're sending it right here as it did in the book of Acts. Where from the body of Paul, handkerchiefs was taken, laid on the sick, aprons, laid on the sick, and evil spirits departed from them. I believe it's going to happen. Amen. You may have a need in your life this morning while I pray for this and you pray with me. I want you to pray as we bind the devil and the power of Satan. Satan, you are defeated. In the hands of a redeemed son. Amen. In the congregation of redeemed children of God. We are standing this morning in prayer for a counterpart over in South Africa. In a little town, maybe a little place. Maybe feeling forgotten. Maybe feeling feeling a, a reject or, or, or not, not important. You're, you are speaking to them this morning. Amen. Even as we send on the wings of this prayer, healing, healing in the name of Jesus. Satan, you have bound God's people long enough. But the eyes of God's people, the elect is coming open. Amen. There's understanding that is coming to somebody to believe that they are the call of this generation. And I say to this cancer, cancer, you cannot stand in the presence of God. And I rebuke you in the name of Jesus, taking the authority of the word of God and commanded you to leave that body. And for the misfortunes that followed this little preacher, I pray God you'll get him in your will. You'll give him that job that he needs. Lord, I pray not only for them, but for all of these that are in this congregation and around the world right now, if they'll just believe, if they'll just believe right now, while we pray, something is about to happen. They just believe. Lord, we're just holding the hand long enough for the swelling to go down. Amen, until, until we can see it's dead, it's over with, it's done. And in the name of Jesus, I proclaim liberty to those that are bound. And I proclaim the freedom and the joy of the Lord to this church and to the believers who believe now. In Jesus' name, for the glory of God. Amen. Now, lift up those feeble hands that hang down. Amen. Begin to praise Him now from the depths of your heart. Just begin to love Him just for a moment. You're in His presence. In his presence, good things happen. He's passing by your way. and Reach out and get him. Amen. Lay hold on him right now. I'm not turning you loose till you bless me. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Down at the cross where I say your Don't forget to worship him now. Down we're for cleansing from sin and love. Oh, there to my heart was the blood of love.
rejoice in your liberty. Rejoice in your freedom this morning. Amen. Who the Son has set free is free indeed. Oh, what a mighty God we serve. The battle is the Lord's. doctor you ever could have. He's the best chiropractor you ever could have. God moving, God changing, God making a way. My, just amazing the things God's doing in our lives. Amen. Let's just worship him for a moment. Let's just sing that song. I love him. I love him because he first loved me. 